Welcome to a new episode of the FinTech Files. I'm delighted to speak with Alex Tong, Principal at Information Venture Partners, a venture capital firm focusing on B2B software companies that are modernizing financial services and finance. We'll start by talking about Alex's career and career advice, as usual, and then we'll do a deep dive into the topic of governance, risk and compliance, or GRC. It's a very fast growing industry that you may not have heard of, but it's becoming a critical aspect for any startup selling into large organizations. Alex, welcome to Fintech Files. Delighted to be here. Thank you so much, George. Let me first ask if you can tell us more about Information Venture Partners and your role there. Absolutely. I'm a principal on the investment team at Information Venture Partners. We're a venture capital firm based in Toronto, Canada. We invest across the US and Canada. Our focus in our niche has been for the last uh, 20 years, and I'll get into that history in a second, investing in early stage B2B companies, as you mentioned, modernizing uh, the industries of financial services and the departments of finance. That primarily means seed and series A businesses, and, and, part, and a lot of what that encapsulates is fintech. But we are broader than that. We also invest in horizontal software, what that sells into financial services as one of a number of key verticals. And that kind of genesis and that focus has been a result of our history once upon a time as corporate venture capital. From 2001 to 14, we were inside RBC, one of Canada's largest banks and a top 15 bank in North America, focused on, the, on these same industries and this, in the same markets, early stage fintech and SaaS, modernizing these industries. In 2014, we had an opportunity to buy our fund from the bank. We rebranded as Information Venture Partners, raised our first independent fund in 2016, and today are investing out of our third fund, $101 million US fund. Great. And surely after having so many conversations on this podcast, I do feel there's so much modernizing that can be done in financial services. But first about your personal role. So what does a principal mean? And can you tell us a bit more about your day-to-day? Absolutely. It's a senior investment team role at the firm. And I I like to think of my role in, in three broad buckets, no two days that are same. However, kind of the mental model I think of is there's one bucket of learning and there's a lot of that. The second bucket of, it, of investing the actual investment process itself. And the third bucket, which is the most expansive is supporting and that's supporting our companies. From the learning front, this business is a people business ultimately, notwithstanding the fact that we're investing in technology businesses at the early stage. It's really about you know identifying really interesting markets and really interesting teams that are tackling those markets and understanding the kind of commercial viability of what they're tackling and pairing that kind of with our knowledge when speaking with our limited partners, of which we count a number of Canada's largest banks as limited partners, as well as fintech, insurance companies, and other organizations, and other conversations we have in the ecosystem. So a lot of learning that kind of encapsulates conversations, research, and that now not only speaking with startups, but also speaking with folks in the ecosystem, CIOs, CEOs, uh, heads of banks, um, or departments within banks, and that, and that, and that's in, in related areas. On the investing side, that's probably the, perhaps the most obvious aspect of what we do. And that's to the extent we identify interesting companies that we believe exhibit a significant uh, market potential over the next decade and can rapidly grow and we can help. We go through the process of trying to understand the, the market, the team, the, t- the technology and the opportunity ahead. And that encapsulates legals, that encapsulates term sheets, that encapsulates the whole kind of process of structuring a deal. Whereas where the hard work begins and that's the support. And we're in these, we're, we're invested in these businesses for on average seven to 10 years. And so that's a lot of time that we spend with our companies. And we like to index our time heavily towards this aspect of our jobs to be done. And that's just helping our companies with the right 
uh, support, whether that's just being a confidant, i.e. a therapist in some shape or form, being able to listen, understand, and absorb what the founders are going through, the ups and downs, and the inevitable journey that is building a long-term business, particularly a startup. And that's also being kind of a connector, helping them connect with other founders, helping them to connect with other commercial partners in our network, uh, and just broadening their perspectives and helping them be in the best shape possible to build a long-term enduring business. And um, going back to your career, so I see you worked in uh, investment banking, then you worked in Hootsuite, and then you joined um, a venture capital firm. Can you walk us through a few milestones and also tell us about what drove you to, to uh, venture capital? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll take a couple steps back, but I promise I'll be quick. As a teenager in high school, I, I was just fascinated by the advent of Web 2.0, you know, technology, all things computers, whether that's digital art, digital photography, web development, and that sort of thing. And I, I began to free web design for others in my city. I was born and raised in Vancouver, but I actually found that I was more interested in the business side of kind of technology. How do you market it? How do you sell it? How do you service? What is a technology company, product, or service? So I studied business in university in Vancouver, and I found that I was interested in finance and investing, and I found that a really interesting way to kind of get deeper into commercial aspect of business is just getting a all-you-can-eat kind of two-year experience in investment banking. So I went through that recruiting process, uh, moved to Toronto, joined one of the big Canadian banks, which dominate the investment banking landscape here in Canada, and started, started as an analyst. I worked in the financial institutions group. We did fintech deals, cross-border M&A primarily, large transactions involving banks, stock exchanges, fintechs, and other industries. So I was there for two years. I did M&A as well within that organization. And I moved, I moved back to Vancouver and worked for another bank in a different department just to get some broad, broader exposure to the banking industry. At the same time, when I moved back, perhaps as a result of moving back, thought about kind of what I wanted to do longer term. And technology was an area that was a hobby prior and was a glorified freelancer prior to that. And now kind of wanted to see if I can encapsulate that into a long-term career. This is back in 2013 where the technology industry in Vancouver, uh, BC, Canada was certainly, I wouldn't say nascent, but was uh, very much emerging for lack of a better word. And so I, I spoke with a number of companies in the market that I, I thought were compelling. I wanted to focus on B2B given that resonated to me the most. I, I ended up speaking with Hootsuite, an early pioneer in helping organizations, small and large manage social media through software as a service, all in the cloud. Uh, so I joined that organization as the first team hiring corporate development and previously actually was a little bit jaded by venture. Like I, I thought conventional wisdom was that the average VC doesn't make money. Why would I want to focus on that as an investing career? But when I worked at Hootsuite, I was probably surprised on the upside by our investors and how they were able to be helpful to us. We were backed by Excel, Insight Partners, uh, Omer's Ventures, and other good organizations. And I saw that just beyond, beyond capital, they were helpful with connections. They were helpful with market insights, and they were helpful for benchmarking us in terms of how do we become a successful company over the next several years and how do we kind of march towards success and being an enduring business. And so some of the key milestones I did there at the, when I joined, we were primarily selling to small businesses, $10 a month, maybe $500 a month, really small ACVs. I joined the week we renounced our Series B. We had raised $5 million of capital before that to grow very efficiently. We raised a fairly large Series B and our, our focus post Series B was to become an enterprise grade company. And that was that encapsulated becoming multi-product, that encapsulated bringing in amazing teams, both developing, develop them, developing them internally as well as bringing them from outside the organization. And so a number of things I did included 
five acquisitions. A, a number of those included kind of aqua hires or team hires where we brought high potential teams that were building a product that we wanted to go to at some point in our roadmap. However, they were able to accelerate that roadmap for us. And, and we were also able to capture their expertise to the extent we wanted to cross-pollinate into other areas of an enterprise social media management. And also helped raise a growth round of financing for the business. And you know, we've sold into financial services as one of our four key verticals. And I thought, wow, if banks and FIs are adopting SaaS cloud software that are helping them manage their social media, I thought the possibilities were endless for the cloud and for B2B software companies to transform those industries. So I started to really think about venture after that. Mm, yeah, it, it does seem to make a perfect sense. And having an experience in finance and an experience in, well, startups or let's say a B2B SaaS company makes a, a perfect platform to move into what you're doing now, right? Yes. And what's interesting is you mentioned your involvement, and I'd love to hear a bit more about your involvement in this, in every company you invest in, but one of the things we hear as well is this power law in venture capital, invest in a hundred and one will become a unicorn to make it simple, right? That's what people say, that's the name of the game, but it doesn't combine well being heavily involved or helping each one of them. And I can see ancient venture um, portfolio on the website that it's a fairly concentrated portfolio. I don't know how many exactly, but I would say maybe 20 companies or something like that. So uh, what's your take on that? Yeah, that's a really interesting observation, George, and I'd love to dive in. I, I would say that we operate a highly concentrated portfolio, certainly more concentrated than the average GP. As an example, Fund 2 has 12 uh, investments in that fund, and we believe Fund 3 will be in and around a, a similar amount. And so on a per dollars basis, that's one would argue that it would be kind of disproportionately concentrated relative to you know some of the other investors out there that are investing perhaps in 20 to 30 companies and, and, and triaging rigorously their follow-on capital to uh, orient themselves towards the highest performing businesses. And so our, our focus has been kind of to go 10 to 12 companies per fund. And that's because we index, as I mentioned earlier, largely to support supporting entrepreneurs and making sure we're invested in their success is our success and vice versa. Uh, you know, we, we would like that to be concurrent, congruent. We, we would not like that to be a divergence from one another in this scenario. And so we work really hard identifying companies that are really building valuable, meaningful advancements in, in software that resonate significantly with our network of LPs, bank, other banks, insurers, and, and ecosystem partners that we uh, collaborate with formally or informally. And we, there's less kind of less option betting, uh, taking an option on a company for using kind of trading, trading analogy, but really kind of getting a lot of conviction, research and market informed conviction that we always have a prepared mind. We always are speaking to folks in the ecosystem. We pair that with the founders that we're meeting and the products that we're building to understand where does this sit in the priority stack of a large financial services organization uh, or a large enterprise buyer. And when we developed that conviction, which given our research-centric focus is relatively quickly, we can move quickly and gain conviction and invest in those businesses and help support them for the long term. Uh, and so unsurprisingly, given that approach, we tend to lead or co-lead our rounds. We tend to take a board seat. We tend to surround our entrepreneurs to the extent that the engagement model works with folks in our ecosystem, including our executives and residents, we have two today that are indexed heavily towards a marketing domain and indexed heavily towards the business development and partnerships domain. And we just make sure that we are driving a successful outcome. And our history has shown 
that from a loss ratio perspective, we believe we're actually below the industry average from a loss ratio perspective, yet we're, we also believe that we're at or above the, the returns from a TVPI basis relative to the market and, and our vintage. So I think we've been able to affect this model quite well so to date. And how does it work in practice, this involvement with the portfolio company? Can you take us through a few examples and also how does it work? Is it fully structured in terms of your involvement or are you on call when they have a key question? We tell all our entrepreneurs that we're available 24 7, 365, full stop. However, as you can imagine, every entrepreneur is different and we don't force any programs or cadence to our entrepreneurs. I think, and, and we believe they respect that tremendously because we have a third time founder in, in our portfolio, Dimitri Serrata, the founder and CEO of Big ID. And he sold two security companies before that, including one to CA Technologies. He's been around the block. He knows what he's doing. And so our engagement model with him would work differently than some of our other entrepreneurs who are first-time entrepreneurs who, to the extent, and we, we evaluate for coachability and, and, and desire to ask for help if that is if they don't, if they don't desire uh, for those aspects, we probably aren't the best venture firm for them, investment partner for them. And so certainly to the extent they are willing to absorb some of the uh, advice and, and help that we were, were able to give them, we perhaps would take a more hands-on model where we're chatting with them informally almost every day to the extent they want it. And we, we just make sure we feel out the entrepreneur and make sure we cater our cadence to what works best for them. And in terms of topics, as you can imagine, that's it's wide ranging from commercial to people. A lot of it's people related, hiring, who to look out for, how to identify them, that sort of thing. Great. And now talking about getting into venture capital and judging by your career, it seems to be a, a perfectly understandable path and a kind of an ideal path with experience, like I said, in different industries. Would you, So what would be your advice to someone who wants to get into it? And also maybe reservations, yeah, I would certainly say being able to work at a venture-backed high-growth startup that you know, wasn't a straight lineup, it was, it's been up and down, was certainly incredibly impactful for me in terms of learning, exposure, but really as well as, my, as the network I was able to build. By the time I left that company, they were approaching 1,000 employees across multiple geos, had different products, large groups in sales and marketing, large groups in product and engine, et cetera. Uh, and given my role, I was able to collaborate cross-functionally across with many of my peers, several of which came to my wedding a couple of years ago, and, and many of which I maintain contact with today, including the CEO founder of that business. And so I found that network, that kind of commercial mindset that I had, as well as that my interest in technology really, uh, and of course, B2B suited me quite well for this uh, current role in venture. And so advice I have for others attempting to get into the industry is get conviction or find, find, find what you're passionate about and find what you're good at and get conviction about something that you want to research, you want to dig into day in and day out for the next kind of five to 10 years, because venture is a long game. Our returns, our capital, our capital, we, you know, we invest capital in the first several years of a fund's life, but we don't see the inflows perhaps for another kind of five to 10 after that. But it's a long game. It requires patience. It's apprenticeship. So I also would say talk to as many people as you can and venture to get perspectives on how the industry uh, behaves. And also find what GPs, what, what venture managers resonate with you because there's no, no two GPs are the same. 
these are partnerships. Everyone thinks differently. Everyone has a different point of view on how an organization should be run. There's no cookie cutter playbook for running a venture organization and a partnership. And so have as many conversations as possible and, and start to hone in on what value add you can deliver as a venture investor and what excites you, because that, that will show when you go through the interview process. Yeah, very good advice. We mentioned a few of the companies that uh, you have, for example, listed on your Twitter profile, which we're going to talk about Strikegraph, Proturify, Lending Front, et cetera. What do they have in common, all those companies? And why are you particularly excited about them? Absolutely. These are all predominantly early stage younger businesses operating in Canada and US, as I mentioned, are, are focus areas from a geo perspective. And we believe these are going to, they have the potential to become very important businesses over the next decade. And on all, all these businesses are delivering value to finance professionals and or financial services in some shape or form. And so they could be companies uh, that are selling exclusively to financial services or companies that are selling to financial services as a key vertical. And so we have got, we've got comp- the companies that you mentioned all exhibit kind of those characteristics and we believe are trying to tra- can materially transform those industries over the next several years. That concludes part one of the conversation with Alex Tong of Information Venture Partners. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for more career talks and for part two of our conversation with Alex, where we go on a deep dive into the technology of governance, risk and compliance.